today we're going to talk about food and how it pertains with healthy aging. Sound like mm -hmm. a good topic? Are you yes. Very complex topic. Yeah. In fact, this will probably take a few episodes, but we're going to start it. And we'll try to keep it mm -hmm. 30 minutes today. I'm kind of looking at the time. So um, yeah. I am... I am a medical provider and have a master's in medicine, just to give you some back story in case you don't know us or you missed our first episode. And uh, Jen, you want to tell them about you? I have a PhD uh, in social science, sociology, um, and I'm a research administrator now. I've spent my career in research administration, basically. Great. So if you don't mind, I'll start. This is something I deal with on a regular basis. Um, probably not just about healthy aging and diet, but staying healthy. So um, I'm gonna use a resource that I really like. This is a book a patient actually gave me. I think it reads backwards in the um, video, but it's The End of Alzheimer's. And the author is uh, Dale Bresden. He's a MD and a PhD in neuroscience and um, thank you Chloe and he uh, talks about how Alzheimer's is kind of a disease of lifestyle um, there's a, certainly a genetic component but it's a breakdown in our a body's ability to detoxify and how when that happens there are all of these mechanisms that get set into motion that eventually um, cause memory loss and damage to the brain, uh, plaques are what build on the brain. And one of the most important parts of um, his protocol, I mean, it's complicated, but if we just look at the diet part, it's um, something he calls KetoFlex 312, 12-3. And the idea behind it is that um, too much sugar and too much food all the time makes it so that the body can't clean house. Your body's so busy processing sugars and foods that you never have time to go clean things up. The body's just too busy, there's a lot of inflammation. And so he suggests that um, everyone should stop eating three hours before they go to bed and not eat for at least 12 hours, maybe 16 even doing a day or two of fasting is beneficial. And I looked up um, an interesting study that I thought we could talk about. Um, there's this thing called autophagy, which is where your body goes and it cleans up its own debris. Um, it's kind of akin to taking out the trash, right? So our cells need to clean themselves uh, and clean away debris. And this is the same thing that Bresden is talking about. Um, so apparently when we fast, our body will start cleaning its own cells. And there were a couple of studies done um, with mice that showed that the mice that um, fasted, so there was a well-known study finding that rats who ate a high fat diet but could only eat eight hours out of the day didn't develop the same health problems that rats who ate the same amount of food but could eat any time they wanted. Um, and then there was another study that they supervised where the mice would um, go without food twice a week. 
and they were about the same as the other mice ex initially when they were really young but as they aged uh, they studied their immune cells and they had more youthful immune systems they recovered better from heart attacks they were friskier and shinier and had healthier fur um, they were younger in many different ways so um, i think that's kind of interesting and I advocate in my practice um, often that people fast at least a few days a week, even if it's just intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. So do you want to say anything about that? Sorry, I kind of was going on and on. No, it's great. This is, um, Rachel is the one who introduced this idea of intermittent fasting to me a few years ago. And um, my only expertise as in food is the fact that I've been eating my whole life, just like everybody else. Like I have no expertise in food. I read about food. I find it interesting as a cultural practice, as a social practice. Um, I find it interesting that, um, you know, keeping ourselves alive with food is immeasurably complex and varied around the globe. Um, and it's, you know, it's something we all do mostly every day. Um, and it's, you know, to say healthy eating, boy, what a loaded two word phrase, right? What the heck does that even mean? And, um, I feel, uh, lucky that I have not been someone who has struggled with weight gain, uh, through my life. I just feel fortunate in terms of my genetics with that. Um, and I've never really, even though, you know, I, I like many Americans and Westerners, sometimes I'm like, oh, I could stand to lose a few pounds, but you know, I don't feel terrible about the weight that I maintain over time. Uh, but when Rachel introduced the idea of intermittent fasting to me and recommended a couple of things to read, and I looked into it and I did spend some time researching it. And it was like, you know, I've never really dieted in my life ever. I've been pretty fortunate to be able to eat pretty much what I want. I mean, I try not to be, I try not to eat too much junk. I try to eat whole foods and vegetables and stuff, but I've never had to really dedicate a lot of time and energy to dieting. But I was like, oh, this is a practice that even I could do without, you know, like I could get used to restricting my eating window. And it was fascinating to me that the time that you eat makes can make a difference beyond the amount of calories you put into your body. Like the same amount of food stretched out over a 20 or, you know, maybe a 16 hour period. If you condense that same amount of food into a smaller window, it's better for you. Mm -hmm. Like that's kind of the idea. That's amazing to me that the eating window is what makes a difference. In this case, anyway. So it's kind of interesting um, that we find that so fascinating because if you really think about it, we have only had grocery stores and abundant food for maybe the last 200 years, um, maybe longer, but not a long time when you think about the evolution of human beings. And so what an amazing um, metabolism that we have that we can store food for later and we don't have to eat all the time. I read another book that a patient gave me. Patients like to give me books and I read them. 
And I learn a lot from my patients. So one um, book, and actually I shared this one with you. I don't think you read it, but you followed his work. It was Dr. Fung and the book. I remember his name. The Obesity Code. And the book is based on all human studies. So the study I told you about just now that was on rats and mice, um, which is useful because we can study a lot of things that way. I'm sure a lot of people would disagree with that because of the ethical issues. But ethics aside, that is how we study a lot of things. Um, but his book, he uses all human studies. And it was pretty fascinating to me. Um, you know, a lot of the, even the studies he refers to, he's like, oh, you know, some of these studies wouldn't be done anymore. And that's true of a lot of science, but we still use the data. There was one person in particular who was overweight and they, um, he didn't eat for a year and he just drank water and he was what? fine. <laughs> I mean, we what? know people can fast for like 30, 40 days, but this was like one really insane study where they just like withheld food from this guy and they did lots of blood levels to see what would happen. And he just lost weight and actually his like liver enzymes improved and his blood pressure improved and his cholesterol and kidney function. And um, it was just, he was very overweight and he lived off of his own body. And so, you know, oh. we're kind of like similar metabolism to bears. We can hibernate. We eat lots in the summer and then we don't eat. But um, that's kind of how we were designed. So it's good for us to take a break and clean out those cells and use that stored up. Um, so, okay, I'm gonna tell one more thing, which is pretty interesting. There are two types of metabolism. There's metabolism of sugar and metabolism of fat. And we never do both at the same time. And it's kind of like, um, you're always going to choose one first and it doesn't vary it's always the same one you always metabolize sugar first and interestingly there's the food that we put in our bodies which would be you know a cookie or bread and i think some people don't realize that um bread pasta grains potatoes that's all sugar you know i have a lot of people say oh i don't eat any sugar but they eat lots and lots of carbohydrates same thing Anyway, um, there's the kind that we eat, and then there's <laughs> and then there's the kind that we store in our liver. So we store sugar in our livers, and it's one of the reasons the liver is so important. I mean, obviously the liver is important, but in diabetes and um, chronic disease. So when you're fasting and you haven't had anything to eat, your liver will actually dump a form of sugar into your bloodstream and get you out of that fasting mode. So a lot of people have to kind of clean their livers up before they'll ever shift into burning fat. And um, so, you know, ketogenic diets are like 20 grams of carbs a day, um, and then you'll burn fat all the time. So when you run out of sugar, your body will burn fat, and then you make ketones, and ketones are the fuel that's made, and it's very, very clean, clean for your brain and it actually cleans up plaques and like in Alzheimer's. So, sorry, I don't want to take so, over the whole, the whole no, thing. No, this is fascinating. This is really interesting and I'll feel free to ask questions. So, um, so you bring this up, we're interested in healthy aging. And mm -hmm. so fasting can be used as a 
support for aging in a healthy way, like putting these pieces together? It can actually help with memory loss. And you know that brain fog, fasting can clear that up. And a lot of people at first feel sick. You know, there's this thing called keto flu where until your body learns how to use fat, sometimes people haven't been in ketosis in a really long time. And so their body will really struggle to get into it. And there's this time period where they'll feel kind of bad until they learn. In fact, I don't know if you remember this, but when I taught you about fasting and we started doing it together, there was like two weeks where my phone was blowing up and it was like, I think I'm going to die. I'm starving. I hate you. Why are we doing this? Remind me why I agreed to do this with you. And I kept writing you, it'll get easier. It'll get easier. Just stick with it. You'll be fine. You're just getting used to it. And that was like two full weeks. And then one day you were like, oh, this is easy. What? And you still do it today. And that was like two years ago, wasn't it? So it was. It's been a long time ago. So I do intermittent fasting four days a week minimum. I stop eating. Well, I try at eight, but I don't eat before 1.30 in the afternoon. And I'm not hungry. How about you, Jen? My eating window is a little longer than that. I, I don't eat until about 11, 11.30 every day, almost every day. I try to just do it every day. And I'm mostly successful with waiting until 11 or 11.30. Um, but I, have a, I find it very difficult to not eat in the evening after 7 or 8 o'clock. I try. I really try to, once it hits 8-ish, 8.30, I try to stop. Um, it's hard. It's a difficult behavioral thing for me. Like when I'm settling down closer to bedtime, it's maybe the first time all day when I'm sort of relaxing in my own thoughts versus serving my children, cleaning up my house, whatever it is, right? And I, I sit still for a big chunk of my day because I work at the computer and for my job, but, um, but I'm sort of engaged in all of these tasks for other people and these responsibilities. And so when I finally sort of settle down for the day, I want to snack and I want to give myself a treat or just satisfy my stomach. So I, I struggle with that. I do try, but I struggle with it. Well, maybe now that we're talking about it more, you'll make more of an effort realizing how healthy it could. Right. I do remember reading somewhere um, that if you only do one thing, stop eating three hours before, before bed. Now, I, I don't know if, if that's really the, you know, if, the, if you're only going to do one thing, if that's the one, but I did read that somewhere. Uh, from Well, it's really important for a lot of reasons, one of which is just acid reflux, um, but your systems need to rest when you sleep. And if you stuff yourself full of food and then you lay down, one, it's going to come up, which is not good. But the other is that um, your body doesn't rest. Your liver's having to process all this food. Your digestion's working really hard. Plus, you lay down and it's not, gravity's not assisting your digestion at all. So, you know, there's a lot of reasons. Plus, you might spike your blood sugar. Um, so, yes, don't eat three hours before bed. So, if you go to bed at 10, really, it should be seven. 
Mm-hmm. And um, try not to eat before noon. That would be, so, you know, for healthy aging, if we're going to do one really simple thing, and this is also a ploy that I use with my patients because I'm like, how easy is it to not eat? You don't have to make breakfast. Um, you don't have to, you save time. It's not what you're eating. You can still eat all the same stuff, even if you kind of eat junky food. I mean, I don't recommend it. But even if you just did that one thing and didn't eat for 12 to 16 hours a day, it's going to help your health. Mm-hmm. And it, I also find it kind of interesting that most religions and cultures in the world have fasting as part of their traditions. And I don't think that that's a, like a spiritual thing only. I think it's because mm-hmm. it's healthy and it's been passed down over generations um, so a lot of the things that we do, we're learning and there was a reason, a health reason. Right. Yeah. And I've, I've, some of the intermittent fasting stuff I've read talks about the clarity of thought you can achieve sometimes after a certain period of not eating, um, you kind of get over that hump of letting go of your desire, uh, your hunger. And there's a certain clarity of thought that you can get to. So that's the ketones. Have you experienced that? Because I sure have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where you're thinking more clearly and your brain is sharper and you get kind of this boost of energy. Because sugar makes you feel bad. Yeah. I notice it more now that I'm older too. Uh Uh-huh. I definitely notice it more. Well, do you want to um, touch on any of the cultural kind of things around eating or even fasting? Um, I have questions. So one question I have for you is, are there folks with health conditions or situations where they need to be careful about fasting? Yeah. Um, is it something that most people could do safely or is it something you really should do in cooperation? That's a very good question. Um, So the people who need to be careful about it are diabetics. If you're a type one diabetic, you shouldn't fast. I mean, they're without the supervision of a medical provider because those people are giving themselves insulin. And if your sugar gets too low and you're diabetic, you can actually have some pretty serious health complications. Um, Type two diabetics, you would wanna talk to your provider. Um, And you might do some sort of modified fasting so that you're you're kind of carb restricting as opposed to no carbs. And that would be something that, um, you know, you could definitely even maybe work up to it. You could probably even get off of some medication. There's a lot of good, Um, research now that's suggesting that ketogenic diets could potentially be a cure for diabetes because you're cutting the sugar out but it's still you know depends on what you're taking if you're on medication that could really mess you up Um, I did think about a medical condition that keto diets were designed for and that's seizures were you aware of that Ketogenic diet was actually designed for seizure patients. Um, There's been probably, you know, some of the most 
research on that diet done early was that people who cut out all sugar could control their seizures for epileptics. Huh, no idea. Mm -hmm. That's super interesting. Mm -hmm. I remember when I learned about it, I was like, what? How have I never known about the differences in metabolism and ketones and all of it? So it's also a really good way to lose weight. And that's why most people have heard of it at this point, because when you are burning fat, you burn your fat. And um, I have patients who've had bariatric surgery. I find this kind of interesting. I had a patient in particular who lost about 120 pounds over a year after a bariatric surgery. And I asked her, what are you eating? And I don't know if you're familiar with calories and carbs and all of that, but she was eating 600 calories a day, which is like your breath. Not very much. <laughs> Not very much. And less than 20 grams of carbs and over 60 grams of protein. So tell me what's, give me an example of what would approximately be 20 grams of carbs. A banana. And then that's it all day. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure she was breaking it up into small bits right. of carbs with things, but um, one carb exchange, which is how diabetics kind of figure out how many carbs to eat per meal um, is 30 grams of carbs. So you're basically mm -hmm. doing one carb exchange for the entire day. It would be a slice mm -hmm. of bread. Wow. Yeah. And um, health, you know, healthy aging, you should eat higher protein, lower sugar, and a small amount of fat. And most of us have plenty of fat to burn. So when you see these patients who are really trying to lose weight fast, they eat basically protein. That's it. Mm -hmm. Which is really interesting. Are there any um, examples of protein we might think are healthy that aren't? Uh, protein. Well, you know, protein could be bacon. <laughs> I mean, that's fat too, right? <laughs> More fat, right, than protein. Uh-huh. And then, I mean, we could get into the nuances, right? Then there's tofu, which has a lot of soy in it. And soybeans are highly genetically modified. So there's that whole argument. You can kind of go down a rabbit hole, but let's stick with um, <laughs> intermittent fasting for today because it's simple yeah. and it is a yeah. form of right. aging. I would say yeah. you know, what I tell people, and this will kind of be my general rule of thumb, and pretty much everybody can stick to this, um, a thousand calories a day at least or minimum, right around there, 1200, it depends on how much you eat. Less than 100 grams mm -hmm. of carbs, that means you get one carb exchange if you eat three times. And if you do less, fine, okay. but no more than 100. Most people eat way more than 100. And 60 grams of protein, that would be, I think, a pretty good diet that most people could stick with. And then in those parameters, try to only eat that within an eight-hour window. Mm -hmm. mm. I got to work on stopping eating in the evenings. That's my, ah, my Achilles heel. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, it's and hard. the other thing. I got better at it for a while. Yeah. I got bad. Uh-huh. Small changes that are, you can stick with. 
and then just add them mm. slowly, right? A lot of people mm -hmm. say, do 12 mm. hours. And they're like, yeah, I could do 12 hours, eight to eight, I could do that. Right. Right. And then once they get to 12, I'll say, well, maybe stretch in an hour, wait till nine. If you can do that, yeah. you go till 10. And before you know it, it gets easier. Yeah. So that's how I would make it, those changes. I did, I did 40 hours recently that I was sick. Oh, that's right. Uh, this is timely. Why don't you tell us about that, Jen? You yeah, just practiced. I had a nasty that's like two days. Mm -hmm. Well, it was, yeah, almost. It was, it was only the third time I've managed to do more. So occasionally I'll get almost a 24 hour fast, right? Where I just, for whatever reason, usually it's on the weekend, right? I get busy. I go exercise and it's already afternoon and I haven't eaten anything. And I'm like, Oh, I haven't eaten since yesterday evening. I'm almost at 24 hours. But by the afternoon, I'm, you know, my stomach is growling. I really want to eat, but, um, there have been two other times, I think both of which, maybe just the first one, you and I did it together. We did a 36 oh, yeah. mm -hmm. fast. You had done others than that, but it was the only one I had ever done. And then I did it again. I can't remember why the second time I did it, it was months and months later. And then this time it was, it was inspired by being sick. I just had a nasty stomach flu for several days. It's better. Is that Pardon? now? Is that better? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Normal? No, I'm, I'm, I'm normal now. Thank goodness. I'm totally, totally better. No problems at all. Um, but I had gotten to several days in and I was like, oh, this is killing me. And I was like, okay, that's it. I'm going to do one of these, you know, day and a half fasts. And so I intended to do 36 hours. I quit eating. Uh, thir it was a week ago. It was Thursday evening last week. Um, and I didn't eat at all Friday, you know, I got to Saturday morning and I was like, okay, I'm going to just hang in there until whatever time of day it would have gotten me to about 36. And I was out somewhere. Um, and so I waited even longer. So I, I stopped eating for 40 hours. Um, and I got, I was almost all better after that. So I don't know if it helped. No, huh? I wondered that too winding down anyway and it was just sort of coincidence could be either um but I was better after that I wondered about that actually I was a little loopy by hour 40 I was kind of I was with a couple of girlfriends oh. and I was like just I'm just you know stream of consciousness here I haven't eaten and so just try to disregard what I say right now <laughs> Yeah, I think I told you I went um, skiing with some friends and it was like backcountry. So we were hiking and I intended to eat lunch before, but I ran out of time. So when we started the hike, I was like, just so you know, I haven't eaten anything today. And they were all like, what? <laughs> and I was like, well, I do that frequently, but it was pretty late. I didn't eat until maybe 5 p.m. And we probably hiked, I don't know. 2000 uphill feet skiing or something and I was fine it's kind of yeah. awesome you know to be able to get your metabolism mm -hmm. to be more flexible it's yeah. really helpful so well Jen it's been about if you can believe it 30 minutes I know super interesting so yeah super thanks for this topic idea because it's 
very interesting. You know, I think that there's a lot more to do with this, but this was just Mm -hmm. kind of the tip of the iceberg. And I think just even touching on how it doesn't have to be hard and it's really useful. I picked a couple studies to just prove the point, but there's so many out there. Yeah, there really is a lot. I've found several without looking very hard. I've found Uh several medical doctors and PhDs who, uh, research and an ND locally here, uh, the director of Energetic Health Institute that talks a lot about fasting and healing. Um, yeah, it's, there's so much out there. And you don't have to buy supplements. I mean, it's the simplest, easiest, cheapest way to improve your health. So I think it's one of the most important things to touch on. And then when you eat, don't eat sugar, eat fiber. And okay, I'll give one more tip. Um, the worst sugar is the most refined with the least fiber. So when you do have sugar, pick slow carbs. That would be like beans, vegetables. Don't the worst carbs you could have are lemonade, juice. Like you want the fiber from the apple. You don't want apple juice. I mean, generally speaking, which um, just you know, get fiber to slow it down. Mm-hmm. and you'll be healthier so thank you two That's sisters good. health here to keep you healthy yeah. a simple um topic today on how to age healthier and live longer do you have anything else you want to add not right now okay love you sister. i don't know what we'll do next week we'll have to see <laughs> yep maybe you can pick it i was pretty excited oh, okay. to pick this one Okay, I'll think about it. Back to the food. I have lots and lots of sure. There's so much that's interesting about and metabolism. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye.
Bye, guys. Bye. I've been trying to pay attention. Ah. <sighs>